Saturday, everybody. It is September the 3rd, year 2011. I'm Wong Hughes. Hope you're all doing super well today. I am. And it's a good Labor Day weekend. I hope you all are going to have a wonderful weekend. You can help it. Take Monday off and have a good weekend with friends or family or whatever your custom is. We support that around here. Anyway, let's say our prayer first. Dear Lord, thank you for the wonderful opportunities of being in the country. Bless all the people who work so hard to do such good things as to do work hard and bring labor and freedom. Bless our soldiers who serve for us, Lord, who fight for us, who have given their lives over the years. Bless those who help us out by fire department and police officers. Bless those, bless those who take care of the poor. Bless those who look after all the friends and neighbors. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, it is Saturday night. We're going to get ready and we'll put on a little music while we get Patricia on here really soon. So we're going to do that here in Yesterday USA. And we're going to have fun. We'll see what she got planned. I got some goodies planned. So, here's one. I hear music when I look at you A beautiful theme of every dream I ever knew Down deep in my heart I hear it play I can feel the star when it melts away. I hear music when I touch your hand. Beautiful melody from some enchanted land. Down deep in my heart, I hear it say, Is this the day? This lovely strain I alone have heard this glad refrain Must it be forever inside of me Why can't I let it go Why can't I let you know Why can't I let you know The song my heart would sing Beautiful rhapsody of love and youth and spring the music is sweet And the words are true The song is you of love and youth and spring the music is sweet and the words are true the song is you 
just in time I found you just in time Before you came my time Was running low I was lost The losing dice were tossed My bridges all were crossed Nowhere to go Now you're here And now I know just where I'm going No more doubt or fear I've found my way For love came just in time You found me just in time And changed my lonely life That lovely day Just in time You found me Just in time And changed my Lonely life That lovely Lonely life That lovely Lonely life That lovely day Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week Cause that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek I don't mind Sunday night at all Cause that's the night friends come to ball And Monday to Friday's a gas And another week goes past But Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually seek Until I hear you at the door Till you're in my arms once more Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week night of the week and I sing the song that I sang for the memories I usually seek until I hear you rap on the door until you're in my arms once more Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week 
Not now. Hi, everybody. We're here. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Walden. Everybody, we are in trouble tonight. How can you say that? <laughs> oh, you know, Walden has put me on notice that he is so hyper that I don't even have to be here tonight because he doesn't have to stop talking. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. I have something to tell you about Frank Sinatra. You were playing The Loneliest Night of the year, of the, of the Week? Yeah, Saturday night. Can I, I deliberately picked that one because that's yeah, the but show. it's not true. Because Saturday night. Yeah, I know, but it's not true. We're not lonely. Cause no, we're not. I knew that. Together. I know. We're together. Just by happenstance, I pulled one of my my useless but fun bits of trivia is about Frank Sinatra. In fact, I... Uh, I thought they also, I pulled some Frank Sinatra clip that coincides with that. Oh, really? Yes. Well, okay. Do you want to hear my little piece of Frank Sinatra? Absolutely. Can I give out a trivia question about Frank Sinatra? Why, certainly. What does Frank Sinatra, Lou Costello, and Patricia from Florida all have in common? <laughs> oh, this ought to be good. That's how I am. I'm really got stuff like that tonight. You are hot tonight. Okay, folks, that's your first trivia question out of the block. Well, what the Frank Sinatra? I don't have a clue. Frank Sinatra, Lucas Dutto, and Patricia from Florida all have in common. Oh, uh, they're both dead, and I'm not. I know. Cross that one off the list. <laughs> um, I don't know what the answer is, so if anybody does come up with the right answer, by golly, you get some radio shows. That's right. So that's our first question of the night, and I got stuff like that throughout the night. Frank Sinatra, Lou Costello, and Patricia. Yes. Boy, it beats me. Okay. Okay. Did we <laughs> did we all hate Al Jolson? <laughs> no. Not, not even close, huh? Mm-mm. Okay. Something that you three all have in common. Okay. I'm not dead. I can assure you. That's right. The live show. That's so right. So you can cross that one off the list. That's right. And I am really a girl. I know. You can cross, I mean, those two are guys and I'm not. That's right. Cross that one off the That's list. That's right. Okay. Well, here's my little tidbit from Frank Sinatra. Tickets for Frank Sinatra's first solo performance at the Paramount Theater in New York City in 1942. Yes. The tickets went for 35 cents a piece. Yes. Isn't that a hoot? I... Hey, yes, you didn't know that. No, but I have some great anecdotes about that. Okay. And... You were supposed to say, no kidding. No kidding. No kidding, Walden. No kidding. Oh, dear. We're going to have a long night. Oh, on. we're going to be super good. I can tell you about that first day, okay. that first concert. It's a great trivia. Okay. It's, it's a great story. Okay. Okay. You know what made that show famous? It was the Bobby Soxers that stood up and and gave the famous squeal and everything. You hear this on a lot of your hip parade shows at the time. That was the first. Oh, my goodness. Okay. You want to know the inside story how that came about? Well, I know he was on a date with Judy, but I don't know if that was before or after. That was after. after. That was in 44. So this whole, this whole phenomenon was like a two, three, or three, four-year period. Okay. I'm ready. After Frank Sinatra left Tommy Dorsey, his agent was George Stevens, one of the great uh, PR guy in the music industry. 
And the reason why I know this, my late friend Bug Randolph was his assistant. And it was a publicity stunt, everybody. They actually, George decided to pay the girls all 50 cents if they would squeal. Are you serious? And, and, if they stood on the chair and squealed, they got a dollar. So that's how come that whole race started. Well, boy, did it pay off. You got it. You got it. So that, that was, was very inexpensive for the result. <laughs> so that's how come when when Frank left Tommy Dorsey, that was his PR guy, George Stevens' idea. So, and it took a while for Frank to really see any of the money because Tommy Dorsey owned 90% of Frank Sinatra. Uh, <laughs> because when Frank really wanted to leave, yeah. Tommy had him all sticked up in contracts. And so for a long time, Dorsey owned 90% of Sinatra. So any revenue came in, 90% of it went to wow. Tommy Dorsey. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have a full night tonight. Oh, yeah. I got stories. Yeah. I got stories. Well, let me, let me give a theme and then check with our East Coast family. All right. We can go crazy. Come on. Wave, everybody. Just say hi. Go ahead, Hello, Patricia. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. Tonight's theme is thank you to Keiko, our family member who shows up in the chat room. He asked about favorite carnival ride, favorite carnival game, favorite carnival booth, food, anything about a carnival or an amusement park. What was your favorite ride, favorite anything in a carnival or an amusement park? And while we're at it, and Walden, if you know the answer, you can't say it out loud. <laughs> nope, can't even bark it. What is the difference between an American merry-go-round and a British merry-go-round? And I said this one time about a year ago. So if people were listening, they might remember mm. it. So 714-545-2071. All you have to do is tell me what your favorite carnival ride is. We'll give you a trivia question, and if you're a first-time caller, you don't even have to have a trivia question, and I will send you some radio shows. And by the way, everybody's envelopes went out yesterday. And by the way, do you know the first tri answer for the first trivia question of the night? What does Patricia from Florida, Frank Sinatra, and Luke still have in common? I'm almost afraid to have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is... Oh, dear. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? Hey, Walden. Hey, Patricia. It's Paul from Seattle. How are you? Oh, my goodness oh. gracious. This is the first time you called in officially, hasn't it, Paul? Yes. Yeah, so my gosh, Patricia. the trivia question. Patricia, you can send him a two CD for crying out loud. Oh, no. Well, Paul, <laughs> I will send you some. Hi. It's so good to say hi to you. I get to say, I get to type, how you doing, how you doing, and that's... <laughs> well, I don't, I don't call in a lot, because my hearing isn't so good, and I hate to miss what people are saying to me on the telephone. And concerning, and Paul, you did such a good job being my engineer, by the way. Oh. In Seattle. <laughs> uh, is, is the answer to the trivia question that they were all born in New Jersey? You are absolutely correct, Paul! Woohoo! All right, you get the double CD pack. Woohoo! All right, Patricia. Oh.
And, and my favorite carnival ride is the Tilt-A-Whirl when the oh. traveling carnivals come Or the octopus when the traveling carnivals come around. Oh, well, that's the thing that goes up in the air, and it, uh, it turns, it whirls around, but the, the seats go up and down. Uh, it looks have, just like a real octopus. It has arms like an octopus, and at yeah. the end of each octopus arms, there's like four little cars that spin, and the, each octopus arm goes up and down in turn as it, huh? the whole octopus revolves around. With, with apologies for using the word, I don't know what other word to use, how come these places don't provide barf bags? Uh, my poor aunt got sick of one of those things, so we had to take her off before she lost it. I rest my... Yes. I rest my... I mean, I do not want to be the back person in the roller coaster when we're going uphill and somebody loses it, you know? <laughs> well, that's just not where I want to be. So, so what's happening in Seattle? We had a nice, if you were a tourist coming to Seattle today, you would have had a beautiful, warm, sunny day. Okay, what is, uh, what is a beautiful, warm day in Seattle? What's the temperature? I, th I think, I didn't check how, hot, how high it got. It might have got to 83. Oh, that is warm. And um, I work in a, a glass-walled room, so I'm like in a greenhouse, so to me, it seems extra warm. And, um, yeah, if you're a tourist, I mean, uh, August is always a beautiful time to visit Seattle, and, and just even the first first week of September is another beautiful week to visit Seattle. So when tourists come to Seattle, I've never been to Seattle, what should they do? What do they typically like to do? Are there places to see, things to do? Everybody, well, there's like five things. There's, there's a museum of flight at Boeing, near, near Boeing Field. Ah, okay. The whole, whole history. In fact, they just won um, with the, with NASA shutting down. They had different uh, museums giving bids on the space shuttles remnants, and Seattle didn't get one of the full shuttles, but we got we won one of the training shuttles. So they're going to set that up, and you'll be able to go through and actually see more of the interior of a space shuttle than you would have had we won one of the other NASA shuttles. Oh, very cool. When will that arrive? I do not know. It, it just happened. I, I, it was announced on the, the radio like two days ago that we won the mm -hmm. uh, what we were going to get. I, and I it, think they have to disassemble it, and it's going to be it's going to be shipping it, and we just, it's a big job. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big a, thing. Yep. And they have to decide where you know where they're going to put it, where they're going to expand the facilities to <clears throat> to to do it. I mean, it, it's a nice museum. I mean, it really has a lot of. It's a really really interesting museum. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Did, did they move the Queen? The, no, the Spook Goose. What? If the Spook Goose now in Seattle? Did they move that to Oregon? The Howard Hughes. I mean, if it was in Seattle, I think it would have been all over the newspaper. Okay. Here. So, well, it might be in Oregon. I thought they shift, moved it up there. So, so I can't remember. Okay. And the, the Seattle Space Needle, the rotating restaurant, is that that's a symbol of the city people go to. Then there's the underground tour of the old days of Seattle when uh, it was still a logging town. So uh, the town built up so you can do this like tour where you go through people's basements, basically, of the, the buildings in Seattle. Wow. And, and it's an underground roadway that used to be the sidewalk above ground, but now it's one story underground. Right. I did that earlier this year. Yeah. That's an interesting tour. And a lot of people go to Mount Rainier for uh, to do a, a day hike or a, mm -hmm. or a nature trail thing up there. Uh -huh. uh, we have a little Indian island that's a, a state park that people take a ferry over to, and you get to see a Native American presentation of uh, some Native dances, and then they cook some salmon over a fire, and then there's uh, a nature walk around the island if you so choose. And you can stay there overnight if you want. Oh, 
good grief. If somebody comes there and spends a month, they're not going to be able to do everything. In a month, you could. I, I think if you really were like go-getters, you, you could do a lot of stuff. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, uh, I'm not... people visiting me over the years, it's like, okay, this is like the fourth time you're visiting me. Where do I take you now? Uh-huh. It's, it's like I kind of run out of places because not everybody has like the same interest. Like we have that, that little museum of broadcasting for like the old-time radio people up in Bremerton. Right. But not everybody's interested in old radios. And, yeah. and they have a big collection of old light bulbs, which... You know, I found it very interesting, but not, not people want to look at, you know, really ancient light bulbs. Yeah, I would. I, I heard of, um, I was listening to alum and Abner the other day, and remi they reminded me of an expression that I heard for years. Lum was out trying to be the man about town, and he was going to take, I believe it was tennis lessons, and, and Abner said, <laughs> about golf. He said, oh, I learned that yesterday. So, you know, this is this is the kind of stuff that you're talking about. If you're really a pick them up and put them down type person, you can go through the whole Megillah in a week, but mm -hmm. how do you appreciate it in a week, you know? Right, yep. So yeah. I'm, I'm uh, one of these. Yeah. Even things like people don't, don't a lot of times don't do the Museum of Flight when they come up here. Plus, Boeing will often run tours. They, they used to do daily tours. I don't know if they still do it of their manufacturing plant. And you could go in and watch them stress test an airplane wing and watch it just, like, completely flex to the point where you think the wing would snap off. Yeah. Um, Can you still do that? Can you still do that? No, I think they do. Uh, and plus, we got lots of ferry rides to lots of little islands and... Uh, quaint towns out here, hmm. and we have a lot of little towns where different TV shows were filmed, like Twin Peaks and Northern Exposure, Ooh. and um, a few other things. Oh, and now, now because of the, that vampire movie, uh, the, those Twilight movies are all filmed out here. You can go see the town where the teenage vampires live. Oh, what fun is that? How cool. Well, if you had a teenage girl in your family, I'm sure she would drag you out, yeah. out yeah. to the... Uh, Who is that? Paul, what's your favorite radio show? Um, let me say top three. Well, my, my favorite radio show probably is Lemon Abner, but I have the full collection of them. <laughs> um, I think you've got... I'd rather get a random. I'd rather get something random if you ever said Well, I wasn't... I, I was really interested in what your top three shows are. Okay, then, well, that's good, too. I would, I would say um, uh, Amos and Andy. Okay. And, I, and, and then the third... Ooh, it's really tough. I do, I do love Gunsmoke. Um, any of the, any of the old creepy shows and like X minus one. Uh, you know, those are all those are all good to me. Um, Your comedy cow, cow, comedy cowboy and creepy. Yeah, oh, like a Paladin. Paladin, I love love Paladin. Oh, love Paladin. That was such a great show. Oh, it was just just. He just nailed the character. It was perfect. Perfect. Brilliant writing. I mean, it was, well, Paul, how do you find how did you find Old Time Radio, and how did you find Yesterday USA? It never asked you. In 1995 or six, uh, I was working at a company that actually had high speed internet, and not every company that always had high speed internet That's and gave true, yeah. employees full speed access to it, and so. Um, you know, I was cruising around, and I and I had listened to an occasional show now and then that, that happened to be, like, on regular radio. Like, I knew about all the old shadow broadcasts and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, let's use this new thing called the Internet and see what's out here for old-time radio. And 
bingo bango, it turned up uh, YUSA, and uh, Bill was, I think, on the air yakking about something, and <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And so pretty much it worked, and I started leaving on YUSA 24 hours a day, and I'd catch you know, all, all the shows, and I'm like, oh, that's a good show. And then I'd go look up to see if you know, some other fan site had like an OTR repository where I could listen to it. And I joined, actually, I hemmed and hawed before I became a YUSA member that year, and I finally joined the, uh, the, my membership went through like one day or the day that they actually closed the library. Oh, the archive, yeah. I mean, they used to have all those tens of thousands yeah. of shows, but it was yeah. like eBay was still really popular back then, and people were signing up and downloading YUSA's whole library and then putting them for sale on eBay. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that it would really matter these days. I mean, I'd actually like to talk to Bill about reopening the archive because, I mean, all the shows are available everywhere. Well, he got it on a, on a hard drive. He, the, the, the hard drive doesn't fit what the equipment he got. I, I didn't quite hear that. He got, a hard, he got it sitting on a hard drive, but mm -hmm. there's an incompatibility problem at the moment. Uh, yeah, so... Shows on a hard drive? Is that what you're saying? All the shows are loaded on a hard drive? Yeah. But yeah. his computer equipment doesn't tap into that particular hard drive. You got it. Got it, okay. You got it. Interesting. Yeah, so that so I was like bummed instantly that I, I had joined to get access to your everything and then I was like... <sighs> so then I just started looking for, you know, every place. And then I found out about Reps, the Seattle group, and yeah. in like 1998, I went to my, or I think I went, that was the year I went to my first showcase. And, and it, it was really nice. I wish I'd actually knew more back then because a lot more of the, the great talents were alive and coming to Seattle. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just amazing. The first time, like, yeah, the first time I went, I wound up sitting down, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to have a old age moment here. Uh, and, and right down next to me sat Speedy Alcatelser, and I'm having a brain damage. Dick Beals, yeah. Beals. Dick Beals sat down right next to me, and I'm just like, it's like one of those like famous people moments where you don't know what to say, <laughs> and you're just so nervous. But he started talking to me, so that was nice. <laughs> and uh, and then like two years later at another show, he's like, I recognize you. <laughs> so so that was good. I mean, and, yeah. and I met um, the Lucky Charms guy. Uh, Arthur Anderson. Yeah, and yeah. that was so cool. I, I yeah. couldn't believe it. I mean, oh, and then and then like the, the second time I went, I, I I had this like twenty minute chat with Frank Buxton that was just like awesome. Yeah. Because uh, he did so much stuff for TV in the seventies. Oh yeah. It was just just a mind blowing conversation. So so anybody who has an old time radio uh, showcase near their town or within a couple hours drive, ought to go to one while they still can. And you're talking specifically about the Reps Showcase? No, I'm saying anybody. If you're in Pennsylvania and they're doing a Pennsylvania old-time radio thing, okay. get in your, get in your car, go. You I, know, I I'm speaking to everybody. <laughs> it's like, I mean, the, the old-time performers are a precious, dwindling resource, and it really, uh, yes. if you want to see it. Like when I got to see Frank Sinatra like two or three years before he died, I saw like, uh, Dean Martin like a year before he died. It's like, if you don't see the people when you can, you, you're just going to regret it. I agree. The opportunities are gone. I agree. So I'm not going to stay on the air, but well, I Well, now, I need, I need you to do me a favor, Paul. I need you to email me your phone number tonight because I need to call you. I got something really cooking I need to talk to you cool. about. Very cool. Well, it was it was nice speaking with both of you, and, uh, and I'm sure it'll be an awesome show like always.
Paul, I need an address from you, and you can send it to my Hotmail account at Florida Writer. Okay. At Hotmail.com. Fantastic. Florida Writer. At Hotmail.com. At Hotmail.com. And if you send me your address, I'll send you some surprises. Hey, Paul, you want to give out your... Uh your eBay store or whatever that people can see some of your uh, handy your merchandise. Some, some, you have oh, anything? thanks for that that offer. Uh, it, it's such a long name that it's like I don't want to tie people up who don't want to go running and getting pens. But it's like if you if you were to search on eBay for things like tin robot or like you know you 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 know classic tin outer space robots, you'd run into a lot of my listings. Very cool. We will do okay. that. Okay, well, Paul, thanks for calling. It's just really so neat to be able to say hi to you. Well, now that I broke the ice, may maybe, uh, you know, since I listen to you guys most every weekend, may maybe I will call in again. <laughs> I sure hope so. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> thanks, Paul. Hope you have a great evening. All right, Paul, you bye -bye. too. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Paul did a great job. We did a whole new technique this year. We streamlined the entire convention off his laptop and had a oh, great... Oh, his equipment. Oh, got it. Okay. Had a great sounding convention. Hello there. You're on the air. This is John calling from Maryland. John, how are you? How are you? Are you okay in Maryland? Oh, my God. We didn't have electricity for a couple of days. And, oh, gosh. And uh, we had a... We had an earthquake. We had a, we had a hurricane. I know you just—it's just incredible what has happened. I mean, somebody has ticked off Mother Nature, and I want to know who it is. Um, the big question is: Are you okay? Oh yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, we just had a lot of spoilers in the refrigerator and things like that, but we're fine. Yeah. And uh, I was going to call you, but uh, I lost power and I couldn't call you. Uh, you had a question when they had the Roy Rogers Jr. interview. Uh-huh. And you had uh, Dale Evans says she wrote uh, Happy Trails. Right. And you wanted to know where that, she said she read something or she heard something and she copied it from that, the theme. Yeah, it, was, that? Um, it was a piece of classical music and I apologize. Yes, it was, oh. yes, it was called uh, Dvorak's New World Symphony. That was it. Wow. Uh, and you can hear it if you watch this to the Philip Morris Playhouse. They use that for their theme. The Philip Morris used it a lot. And it's called, it's from the Grand Canyon Sweep. Grand Canyon Sweep, yes. On the trail. Yeah. Bum, bum. So you always have the feeling of the horse walking through the canyon. Yep. Yep. You can hear the clop of the, yep. the, 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 the uh, ooze. Yep. <laughs> Alden has kind of wound up tonight, John. You're going to have to forgive him, I hope. <laughs> I know how it is. Yeah, he's really flying there. <laughs> um, your carousel question. Yes, what's the difference? Okay, go ahead. The uh, the American carousels run counterclockwise, and the English car carousels run clockwise. Is it horses? Right. It's crack. Exactly right. Thank you. Good for you. Did you know that, or did you look it up? No, I didn't look it up. I knew that. You knew that. It sounded like you knew it. How did you... How did, how did I, you tell I'll me tell you how I knew it. That's we were on a cruise ship, oh, many years ago. Uh-huh. It was a lot younger, and we used to walk the deck, up the top of the deck. In the morning after we had breakfast, we would walk the deck. Uh-huh. And it was a... 
were walking the deck, and the people, some people said to us, oh, you can tell you're from the United States. I said, why is that? He says, you're walking the wrong way. When we were walking around the, the main deck. Oh, how interesting. He says, you're walking the wrong way. And then she, I said, what do you mean we're walking the wrong way? He says, you're walking counterclockwise. And then I realized what she was talking about. Now, this, this is really interesting. Um, clockwise and counterclockwise. Yeah. This, that's, uh, you're just blowing my mind here. I'm not sure if I walked out a door which way I'd go. I think you're right. I would go left. <laughs> if for some reason we're counterclockwise. Yeah. So, um, well, we're also, we also drive on the, our driver's side is on the opposite side of the car, which yeah. surely make a difference. I don't know. But, um, but that's good. They do, the same, they do the same thing in Japan. They drive on the opposite. All the Japanese cars, when they were made over there, they had to be made special for the United States. Yes. Gearing wheels were all on the other side. I was aware of that. And one of the things that I read early on when Japanese cars were um, first really gaining a great deal of popularity, and part of the popularity was the fit, that, that particularly women fit well in Japanese cars, and it made them very popular among women. And yeah, Because the, the people there are a lot shorter than we are. The, the Japanese smaller. people are smaller than American people in general, and yeah. they made them for Japanese men, but they were perfect for American women. Exactly. Even, even the, the grips on the steering wheels were in a different shape with a little bit tighter grooves. So they felt very comfortable to women, and women were a huge portion of the product market in this country for Japanese cars. Oh, we're just so full of all of this good stuff tonight. <laughs> well, I got one for Walden. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm ready for you, John. You put this in his memory bank. Okay. There was a famous uh, singer... And Lou Costello did him a great favor when he was just starting out in show business. Do you know what that favor was? Hmm. The romantic singer. The romantic singer. From the movies? He did movies, mostly uh, movies and records. It's not like Columbo, right? No, that's too old. Okay. Uh, you, you see how he does these things? <laughs> He's well, Oscar Levant. Oscar Levant would answer a question by saying, oh, well, it's not John Jones. Well, we know, I'm just calculating here. Lou Costello was born in 1906. He died in 1958. Mm-hmm. Early in the career, so in the mid-30s, I'm figuring. No, no? tried the late 40s. Late 40s. Great story. What a story is. Actual fact. Wow. <laughs> you are just so 
tonight. What uh, else do you have? Oh, not much. I can't think of anything right now. I'll, I'll probably think of something when I hang up. <laughs> oh, it'll come up. Well, I owe you some radio shows for the, um, the merry-go-round, the carousels, but... Uh, if you want more than one, I can ask you a question. Are you in the market? All right. All right. Yeah? All right. Now, some of these I've already asked before, and some of them aren't. I have not. So let's see if you were listening. In the Great Gildersleeve, what was Mr. Peavy's first name? Well, I remember that show, and I forgot it. I re oh. remember you asked that question. Oh, Mr. Bell. Okay. Let's see. Um, the, I'm going to ask some really hard ones tonight, and I think you can answer some hard ones. Who did Jack Benny refer to as the mayor? The mayor of Van Nuys would come out every once in a while. You got me on that one also. Ooh, I'm doing really well here. Oh, see what happens when you try to try to um, harm Walden? <laughs> we get back at you. <laughs> Uh, your hard questions. They are very hard questions tonight. I'm not. I'm not pussyfooting around tonight. Um, which show had the characters Millicent Carstairs, Ransom Sherman, and I'm sorry, not Ransom Sherman, Wellington, um, Sigmund Wellington, and Willie Toops? You got me there also. Oh no, I don't. No, I don't. Millicent Carstairs. Ooh, Mister. You got me. Oh, John, I know. I know you're going to say, oh, no, I knew that. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, all right. I, do, you, do you listen to Fibber McGee and Molly? Yes. This is a very tentative yes, I heard on the other end. All right. Now. I remember the, I listened to the programs when they were live. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness, you don't sound old enough to have listened to live Fibber, McGee, and Molly. I'll tell you what, I've got six great-grandchildren. Oh, my goodness, John, don't tell people that. They won't believe you. <laughs> okay. Six of them. i got six grandchildren and six great-grandchildren. Wow. wow. How, how old is the oldest great-grandchild? Thirteen. Oh, my goodness, really nobody's going to believe you. <laughs> Okay. She was, just she was just 13 in July. Wow. Oh. They were the ones that came from, remember I told you, from South Dakota to visit? Yes. Oh, she was the, they had her birthday party in, in July. Oh, how sweet. 13. Wow. Oh, that's really nice. Okay, now I, I have another really hard one from Fibber McGee and Molly. Fibber McGee and Molly had a cast of characters more than a dozen people, way more than a dozen people, or names that we heard within this show. Give me four of them. Who were four of the other characters in that show, besides Fibber and Molly? Well, there was Mary Latrive. Uh-huh. And let's see, there, a lot of them, she would say, the little girls, they, they would never use names. They would say the postman. Uh, the little girl, right. things like that. Mm -hmm. They never attached the name to them. Mm -hmm. Who was the little girl? The little girl had a name. And Harlow Wilcox. Okay. Let's see. Let me see. I'm trying to think of the characters. The little girl had a name. 
Yeah, she did. I don't remember the movie. In, yeah, in the early days, she was a short little girl, and then somewhere around 1940, I think. And they, then she became Sis. Yes. Everyone would call her Sis. Then they, then they get... But I, I think that was just a pet name, wasn't it? That was a pet name. Then she eventually came up with her name. But we, we can... Just a common name that they used on the show. Okay, so... Oh, God, so... So you got Carol two. Truth, Doc, Doc Gamble. You got three. That's three. Three down and one to go. Oh, well, Gildersleeve, but that's... That's four. There you go. There you go. You got four. I didn't use that unless I had to. <laughs> You've done good. You've done good. I, I'll read out. Can I read off the ones I've got here? Sure. Gee, and I, I just... <laughs> hold on. I forgot one, too. Um, Sigmund. All right, what I can... And Walden, you can come up with more than this. I've got the old-timer, Wallace Wimple, Teeny. Wallace Wimple, yeah. Yeah, Teeny is the little girl. Yeah, Teeny, that's right, yeah. Millicent Carstairs, Abigail yeah. Uppington, Mayor Latrivia, yeah. Gildersleeve, Doc Gamble, Uncle Dennis, Alice Darling, Beulah, Sweetie Face, Mort Toops, um, Sigmund Wellington, Fred Nittany, Willie Toops, Oli Svensson, Otis Cadwallader, and Bessie, the old-timer's girlfriend. And, you and forgot, who did I forget? You forgot the one that was probably on as the earliest character, and who was there, had the longest run. Oh, wait a minute. There was a character named Silly Watson at the very beginning. Right, but I'm thinking one that was more famous than Silly Watson, who had a quite a long run through the 30s until sometime in the so, war. Who was the one that... Uh, when you talk to him, he sounded like W.C. Yes, yeah, you got it, John. Oh, oh, um. You got it. That's the one I'm talking about. Oh. He did. Gosh, Boomer, Horatio. He also did. Boomer. That's right. Oh, my goodness. How could I have forgotten him? Yeah, he dropped that uh, that portion of it. He just assumed yeah. another character. Billy Thompson. And what, now, that, yeah, Bill Thompson dropped that Well, Now, what other character he had from the 30th day dropped during World War II? Oh, that was Nick Depopolis. That's right, Nick Depopolis. He dropped I'm that. Nick. And I love that character. Let's see here. Who else? Well, they did have another maid. Yeah, I know, and I forgot her name. I think Jean. Jean. The border. Remember the border during the war? Right, Alice. That was Alice. Yeah, Alice, Alice darling. But the second maid sounded like Zazu Pitts, and it, it wasn't Zazu Pitts, but I can't remember. No, it, it was another male a male uh, personality who played a female role. Um, let me think. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, well, go now. In the, in the, we had versions of the 15-minute runs. Robert Easton played the next door neighbor, and they did have a niece uh, played by Gloria McMillan. And they had the, they had, is she, oh, what about the drugstore? Can you name me at least one or two characters from the drugstore? Oh, that was, um, oh, wait. That's a, that's Gilder Oh, no, there's, there is a drugstore. They also had a drugstore. We're going down to, oh, and that's where they had their ice cream sodas. That's right. Thanks. Where did they have their ice cream sodas at? Oh. And, 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 the same guy who was Chief Gates on The Great Girls, who he also played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, Walden, I cannot remember. I left out Mert the Operator, too. Yeah, Mert, yeah. 
Oh, help me with the um, with the drugstore owner, and then we had the, the hardware store owner as well. Oh, that's right. I don't that that wasn't on too often. You're right. That's a good oh. one. That's a good one. That's when he had to repair something. He would mm -hmm. go down there. Huh? And he took over. He he. There were three or four shows where Fibber took over the oh the pet shop. He took over a pet shop mm -hmm. one day. Mm -hmm and wrecked everything there, and he took over the drugstore. Oh, what the heck was it? Oh, Walden. And then he, then he also, then you also had people who played, uh, roles that never had a name, but you recognized their, their voices. Like Cliff Arquette always played different roles, but they never gave his character a name. Uh... Alan, they all, Tracy Allen had to post Mr. Postman, you know, yep. things like that. Yep. Never had any, they never had a name. Right. So why? That's right. Gee, help me with the drugstore, Walden. There were so many scenes that they did there. And, um, you, you really want me to help you? you keep I really it out? want you to help me. I'm in pain here. All right. It's Kramer. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. And I have something about Mr. Kramer. Yes. It is not the traditional spelling. It's not. It is not. It's Kramer's Drugstore. K-R-E-M-E-R. Uh-oh. How do you like that? Uh-oh. Crummers. For what? Crummers. I, I think they used that spelling for a shampoo product for once in a while. Didn't they have... That's, no, that's Cremol with an L. Cremol okay. shampoo. Okay, Cremol. All right. K-R-M-E-L. Cremol. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, we're doing pretty well. Okay, John, what can I send you? Oh, my goodness. Oh, now you just knew... You were going. You know me. I, you know me. I want real old ones. That's right. Well, you got the your hip parade. We got those two. You were with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I, I got the hip parade. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's got to be old. Old stuff. Really. Yeah, old you, stuff. Eddie Canters. You gave me some nice Eddie Canters. Did, did, did I send you Eddie Canters? Oh yeah, a lot of them. They're very good. Okay. All right. I'm, well, I'm, I'm hoping somebody else will ask for them because it took forever to put them together. Uh, let me see. Old, old stuff. Walden, help me here. Are you into World War II? You, you want something from the 30s? Give me, a, give me, a, give me a time frame, John. 30, 40 uh, during the war, pre-war. 30s to mid 30s war. Okay. Well, we're playing one of the Green Valley Line episodes tonight. That was a. Oh yeah. How about Al Jolson? Uh, That'd be fine. Al Jolson, that, that'll make Patricia happy. Well, then. <laughs> That's cruel. Would you like that the Green be... Valley line? Who's that? Would you like the Green Valley line? Well, that's a long series. I've, I've, I heard that whole series. It's a long show. Um, yeah, it's only 26 shows. Um, let me see what else we got here. Um, well, let's see here. I bought Groucho Marx. I bought Jimmy Durante. I'm thinking W.C. Fields. Think, I, let me let me go through the comedies. Then. Edgar Bergen. I'm thinking guys from the 30s. Yeah, I do have Edgar Bergen. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be great. All right. Edgar Bergen? Okay. Sure. But you got to pick a second one now. Are you into comedies, mostly? Rudy Valley. Yeah, Rudy Valley's all right. Fleischmann's Yeast. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, then stop volunteering me. Um, what what was that? You just said, you said Rudy Valley. In the Fleischmann Yeast Hour. Fleischmann. Okay. Okay. All right. I will see if I could find Rudy Valley. I'm sure I can. Right, that, that would be great. Okay. I can do that, John. I'm so glad you are safe. I'm so glad everything is fine, and uh, I'm so glad 
you know, the merry-go-rounds. That is so cool. <laughs> but once in a while, I come up with ones and... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that was really job. cool. I didn't... I didn't Sometimes my memory l l lacks a little bit, so... Odd. I thought it would take a while before somebody went, oh, I know that. But you did. You got it right away. So, well, you be safe. Have a good weekend. And uh, thank you for calling. Okay, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, oh, John. And thanks a bunch. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, 714-545-2071. The evening's young. I am Peppy. It's all get out. Oh, please wear him down. Please call and wear him down. We got another trivia question when you throw on the table. Okay, and thank you for not being really awful with the Lou Costello and Frank. No, no I, I have another one like this. All right, what do these three people have in common, everybody? And this is somebody Patricia emailed a, a little over a year ago. Patrice Munsell, Bing Crosby, and Edward R. Merle. What do those three people have in common? Patrice Munsell, the famous opera singer, Bing Crosby, and Edward R. Merle. Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah, it's Kurt. Hi, Kurt. Kurt, how are you? Okay. Um, I just got my paperwork sent in today for my new chemotherapy drug, so it should be here within a week or so. Okay. That's good. Good soon. All right. Hey, I heard... Yes. Somebody played, I don't even know where I heard it, somebody played a Lady Esther's, um, was it This Is My Best or whatever, with yeah. um, with the Gil with Gildersleeve. That was me last Sunday. Yeah, yeah. it was you. Okay. That was, that was Gildy's Bad Day. That was her the day before the Japanese surrender, August 13th, 1945. Yes, that was, that was funny. I yeah, mean, it, it was, was fun. You know... And, of course, <clears throat> in that, they mentioned PB's first name. Oh, did they? Oh, I didn't. I never picked uh, up on that. They mentioned it several times during the life of the show. Well, they did, the, they did it in, uh, his name was Richard, right? Right. Correct. Okay, they did it because they were doing the jury. They were doing jury members. <laughs> and PB was, and they said, they said, we have Richard PB, and they said, oh, he owns the drugstore, and he's got lots of dough, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so what's his middle initial, everybody? What is Richard PV middle initial? I knew that, too. I think, yeah, I don't remember hearing that. Okay. But. I'll just leave that on the table. Oh, you know, I know it, too. <laughs> well, this is going to be a very painful. This is like right next to, to Kramer's Drugstore for Patricia. Oh. Poor thing. I think she just wasn't too sure she wanted to come on tonight, and she... Now she knows why she oh, wants Oh, she knew she wanted to. Now she's not sure she should. Have. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I've, I just heard last night on uh, another show, I heard um, the Easter uh, Six Shooter. Yeah, that's a great show. That's a wonderful show. Easter, Easter Creek, yeah. Where they, where they go looking for the money for the organ. Right. Uh -huh. that's, that's a great, great show. show. Great show. That was a very funny show. There's a show that runs um, that runs a lot of shows that are from the date that you know of the current of the from the current date. Yeah, um, there's a website that all they do they, they they pick out a show for that day and they that's all they format. Well, actually, this may be a different because okay. because they run some stuff from from that date and some stuff from other dates too. Okay. I knew the one site that actually, if it fell January 1st, they all the shows they possibly had from January 1st. Hmm. 
Well, anyway, it was very interesting because they were playing a lot of the the uh, Labor Day stuff huh. coming up, and so yeah. it was very interesting to hear uh, you know a lot of that Labor Day stuff, Whistler and all that kind that of stuff. That too. That too. Um, not a lot. Patricia, did you get, have any luck with the uh, My Pony thing? I haven't tried it. Okay. Have not had an opportunity. I've got your whole list. I've got your instructions, but I just haven't had an opportunity to try it yet. Yeah. Um, I just wondered because, you know, um, not like I said, not too much is going on. Um, and I really don't know what I would ask for, for you to send me. Do you have a, a question for me today? Sure. Um, let's see here. Um, how hard do you want it? Well, I don't know. Just, just uh, you know, a general question. You know, whatever. Okay. Um, let's see. Jack Benny's Christmas shopping always included some cheap gifts. And one of the cheap gifts he got for one of his staff members was shoelaces. That went back and forth. Did he want the tips? Did he not want the tips? Who got the shoelaces? Oh, you know, I don't think I remember that. Night, December 8th, 1946. I was going to ask you, by the way, if you still have that, um, if that Jack Benny folder, is, the Christmas stuff is still up on SenseBase or if it's gone? Um, if it's gone, I will put it back up there, but I'll check. And if it's there, I'll send you the link. Okay. Do you get them by folder or by... But folder. Well, because, you know, you can put them up there by folder. Well, that's what I'm putting up there. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I have to um, zip the folder, and then the zip file goes up, and that's Right, right. Okay. Um, Do you zip it from the front or back, Patricia? <laughs> so, and, I, and, and, of course, I want to know how, how he can tell. That's what I want to know. Oh, you get it. This is good. You guys are good. Oh, I'm doomed tonight. Okay. Who was Sam Spade's secretary? What was her name? Uh, Effie. Effie Perrine. All right. Very good. All right. You get 42 points for that one. Okay, so. Now, what where, where, where city did Sam Spade operate from? San Francisco. All right. Oh, I. Because he always gave, because he always, gave, you know. Yep. Gave his badge number, yep. and, uh, and I think this in the city when, although, like I said, I remember, because I read, um, of course, I read Maltese Falcon before I had heard many of the shows, yep. so. You know, I, I've read the book, too, and I, you know, honestly, I think the, the movie and the radio show series are better than the book. Yeah, yes, you're right, yeah. Yeah, but they established a literary form that that actually that Raymond Chandler actually did better, but for uh, the Continental Op stories and the um, and the other stories, um, I mean, what made Dashiell him? I mean, I read the Thin Man, I read the the Multi Fault. What was what did why was he such a trendsetter? Was it the type because, of dialogue? Because until until Dashiell Hammett especially. They did not deal with what they called hard-boiled detectives. It was more cozy. Um, it was more the Agatha Christie type, mm -hmm. drawing room type. And he took it into the streets. And of course, uh, Raymond Chandler said, "You know, down these <clears throat> these mean streets, a man must go who's not perfect, but is is kind of like a knight because he's trying to do right and etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. And so, Hammond and Chandler. Um, 
revolutionized literature for detectives and opened it up to a much more gritty and real kind of detective. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you listen to and if you read Cornell Woolrich or William Irish, um, actually Woolrich kind of believed that if taken to its extent, the police would go too far and they would, you know, beat suspects, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, which, you know, um, but um, they really did open up the, the world of the, of, of the private eye fiction to, to much more real type cases. Mickey Spillane was in there as well. Mickey Spillane was, Mickey Spillane actually, yes, was very interesting because he was actually extremely conservative, but yet he was also extremely violent. Huh? Um, you know, if you ever read Eye the Jury, uh, it has a very startling ending, which I will not tell you. Okay, both for both you two, here's a trivia question on the table for Raymond Chandler. What movie was his big breakout movie that really sort of put him on the map? I would think The Big Sleep. And Patricia? I pass. Murder My Sweet. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, in my book. Oh, no that, kidding. Yeah, in my book, I, that put him on the map, because that's where... Yeah, Murder My Sweet was before, was before Big Sleep, yep. and um, yeah, yeah, that I think you're right. Yeah, that's yes, that's just my two cents. And, and I think I think in that sense it also put Richard Powell, Dick Powell. Oh yeah, uh, was his breakout as well because uh, even though he you know went back and did Richard Diamond uh, after that, I think uh, Murder My Sweet. Um, in the Lux Radio Theater was one of his, you know, yeah. certainly better known roles. Definitely breakout. He really struggled to get good roles. He did. Um, he, he was just a sweet-looking person with a great voice, and it made it difficult for him to get the, the really meaty roles that he wanted. Well, yeah. And I noticed, by the way, a difference, because I heard um, uh, a Johnny Dollar yesterday from the early, from, who was it, John Russell? Charles Russell, uh huh? Charles Russell, and the show was very different than it was with, um, very differently with, with Bob, Bob Bailey. Yeah. With Bob Bailey, and Edmund O'Brien was very different. Is that they, well, Riddick, I guess, was, was pretty close to it, but Edmund O'Brien was very different also mm -hmm. from the rest of them. I think it, it depended on who wrote them, because I think Jack Johnson wrote the, a the, lot of the Bob Bailey yeah, ones. Yeah, he, he wrote and, those, yeah. I think they were much more human and much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was almost a, a little dollop of the hard-boiled stuff in the Bob Bailey series of Johnny Dollar. You know, it's interesting to think about a radio show. It took the fourth character, the first, fourth actor to play the role, and he made it his own. I mean, that's very unusual to think about a radio series or a TV, that a successive actor playing the lead. It's number four that takes. Mm -hmm. Makes it his own. You don't see that too yes, often. Yes, but it's also partially, I think, because the, the real breakout shows, <clears throat> as far as I'm concerned, were, of course, the 15-minute shows, mm -hmm. which was, you know, a necessity thing, but which really broadened out the, the, uh, the show so much that, in that sense, those, I think, added so much to Bob Bailey's, I mean, he was great anyway. But those 15-minute shows are so much better stories because they're able to string them out over the week. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the only show I know of that was so successful because... Taking from a half hour and making it 15 minutes for one thing, yeah. Right. And from from half hour a show to, let's say, what, an hour? Yeah, hour and 15. Well, but yeah, but by the time you take out the commercial... Well, there are, of course, there are... Except for those wonderful balloon animals that they that they tried to sell <laughs> in that one series, there weren't a lot of of, uh, of commercials in those shows. But, yeah, uh, well, I think that was that was a, a Christmas stick. Wasn't yes. It? Well, what, well, no, it wasn't. I mean, yes, it was. It was a Christmas stick, but it was it was. They were real commercials and selling real balloon animals. Yeah, I, I understood that. I probably used an incorrect word when I said shtick. It was like, this is a... Yeah, it was a real, yes. I wonder if we can find those balloons on eBay. I, you know, a, I bet not. I bet those would be a great Yesterday USA auction item. Auction item. I'll bet they disintegrated. I bet they did, too. <laughs> I bet they did, too, because plastic doesn't... It's like, if you've ever kept a rubber bander on your house for a year or two, you know what happens to, happen to those balloons, most likely. Oh, and they were... I think there were five for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. Still here. <laughs> it probably never been used. It's still in the in the in the box, and it's well, on it eBay. It's been melted together. Yes, the whole thing probably is one lump of plastic. <laughs> Open it up. It's kind of like getting vinegar instead of wine. You know. Uh-huh. You get, you get you get a big lump instead of five balloons. Yeah, maybe it was Easter because I remember there was a rabbit. No, I think no, no. It was Christmas, but... It was around Thanksgiving time, so it was like almost trying to cash into the pre-Christmas yeah. run. Yes, but for some strange reason, yes, there was a rabbit. Yeah. I don't quite understand that. I she never was, did. She was left over. Yeah. They couldn't get rid of it from Easter. Maybe that's what yeah. it was. They had yeah. leftover plastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was shaped like a rabbit. So is there something in particular I can send you? you no, know, I'm going to have to get some kind of a list from you because yeah, I really I know. don't know, it's you know, because I'm actually much more into the, I'm trying to get more into the comedy stuff because uh, I listened to an Armist Brooks yesterday because I don't usually listen to the, the comedy stuff and I'm really. Tab, replay radio alt tab rat status strip one alt f4 replay radio alt tab sound forge pro 